Good morning again. Uh, before I get started, I uh, wanted to tell you just a little bit more about Awana. I plan on sharing with you, and just to give you a bit of background for those of you less familiar with it, we really have three clubs uh, that are operating together. Uh, Sparks is for kindergarten through second grade, and that is for boys and girls of that age group. And then uh, T&T, which is uh, short for Truth and Training, uh, is for kids who are third through sixth grade, and that is split up into a boys' club and a girls' club. So we've got Sparks, and then boys' T&T, and girls' T&T. And right now, we have kind of an amazing problem, which is that we're really close to closing registration for both Sparks and for our boys' T&T, because we have uh, enough leaders for three teams in each of those groups, and we're getting close to 10 clubbers per team, which is kind of, you know, more than that is just untenable, right? <laughs> so on, on the one hand, it's a great problem to have. We're just rejoicing at, at uh, the, the enthusiasm with which families are, are getting together. We had our first meeting this last Wednesday. The kids are so excited to be here. It's great. Uh, but we would love to not close registration. And so when Jay said earlier, would you pray about that? Seriously, pray about that, whether it's you or somebody else. We would ideally like to have uh, four more leaders, two for Sparks to take on a team together and two for Boys TNT to take on a team together. And even if we don't go above that 30 clubbers in each of those groups, we can still sort of redistribute and have fewer than 10 kids to a team which is a little bit more manageable. So uh, we would love for you to pray about this really exciting ministry. We love Awana. I was an Awana kid. I've been a very long time participant in the Awana ministry. And so uh, think about that. Pray about that, would you? Will you? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Only if I sing the song. Oh, boy. Okay, you ready? We are smart. No, I'm not going <laughs> to. Nice try. Um, <laughs> I also want to remind you this morning, uh, this is sort of our last regular Sunday when we're going to be talking about this short series we've been doing about abiding in Christ. But next week, we want to ask you to again to participate with us. Uh, it's interesting, at our, uh, in our Grow Hour last week, we had a great interaction with you. So many of you had so many really thoughtful and sweet questions for our leadership team uh, we really appreciated your participation in that. We had just a blessed time. Uh, but one of the questions that I didn't read out loud, somebody said, hey, we're really excited about this new thing you're going to do next week. Uh, are you going to do that more often? And the answer is, maybe. It might depend on how next week goes. <laughs> so uh, we want to remind you that if you go to our website at bereanspokane.org, right on the front page, there's a, a row of four links that you can interact with at the bottom. And the one on the very left says, Abiding in Christ. And it has some text there that says, click here to submit a question. And so if you have a question that you've been thinking about related to this series, things that we uh, hadn't gotten to or things you wish we'd gotten into in more detail, or just a question that has cropped up in your head about this uh, surrounding abiding in Christ, use that form, submit that to us, and we will get to as many of those as we can in kind of an interactive format next week. I'm excited about that. I'm going to do that with my brothers, uh, Pastor Mitch and Pastor John. Uh, the three of us are going to try and tackle that. It's going to be a blast. So participate with us and take part in that, okay? All right. We've had a busy morning. I feel like i got to talk fast. 
But I wanted to tell you about a few years ago, I had this uh, experience that many, many of you have had. It's not a new experience, but uh, well, for me, it was kind of a new experience. I went to a high school reunion. I've not been big on high school reunions, but I had my 30-year high school reunion. Yeah, I know, I know. For those of you wondering how old I am, that right there is good. And that was a few years ago, right? So I'm getting up there. But I should tell you that in the years intervening, you know, between when I graduated high school and now, I really haven't kept touch with very many people from my high school. And I absolutely own that that's fully on me. You know, I mean, I just haven't. Uh, and I, I'm not really huge into social media. Uh, I didn't keep up with people. I hadn't attended any uh, reunions up to that point. I just had really lost contact. And so I decided to go. I was sort of, you know, encouraged to, to go by a couple of friends. And I decided to go to this reunion. But how do you suppose it went? <sighs> I mean, it went fine, you know. But... When I walked into the reunion, I sort of was met by what you would expect that I would be met by, which is a bunch of people who I hadn't really talked to in about 30 years, right? It was kind of weird. It was kind of awkward. I would say I had an okay time. <laughs> and this is, again, nobody's fault but mine, Paul McDonald's. It was all right. I mean, I had some great conversations, great, you know, catch up with some people. But at the end, it was sort of, you know, awkward. I certainly didn't go particularly deep with anybody. You know, I didn't. It was hard to, to get beyond that, that surface sort of a, hey, I haven't seen you in 30 years. How are you? <laughs> you know. It was weird. I want you to think about that as we uh, look at the last topic that we've decided to look at together is we talk about abiding in Christ. You can turn your Bible to the book of Ephesians. We're going to start there. And there are so many topics. I mean, part of the reason that we, we uh, had you interact with us and submit questions is we recognize we're, we're not touching on everything. There are so many things that we could talk about. We could talk about, for instance, uh, what sort of things we are protected from when we abide in Christ. What sort of things we tend not to fall into when we're abiding well in Christ. The hope and the encouragement that we get from abiding in Christ. But I wanted to look at this morning, as, as a last topic, one of, I think, the most important things when we use this term, spiritual disciplines. You know, we talk about the spiritual disciplines. One that I think is so vital and so important as we talk about what it means to abide in Christ, and that is simply talking with Christ. Yeah. Spending time talking with Christ. Pastor Mitch last week talked about transformative conversations but he left out this very important one. Now, he did that on purpose. He didn't just forget. He did it because we talked ahead of time and kind of you know, lined out who was going to talk about what. But when we talk about transformative conversations, I think rising to the top of all of those 
are the conversations that we have with God. Now, just so that we're all on the same page as we start this out, let's just be very clear again that the teaching of the Bible, the teaching of Jesus himself, the testimony of those who followed him, were that Jesus is God. Let's just start there. And, and this is, I've said so many times, this may be difficult to understand this concept of the Trinity. I get it. If it's hard to understand, that probably means you've got a better grasp on it than somebody that thinks they understand it really perfectly. Do you know what I mean? Because it's God. It's supernatural. It is so other than everything that is us. But the Bible teaches there is one God, eternally existent in three persons. I know, right? Just wrap your head around that state. I know. I mean, theologians over the years, the best we've been able to do is sort of to say, well, here's at least what it isn't. You know, we're not talking about three gods. And we're not talking about one God that morphs into different personalities. You know, we're, here's what it isn't. But at the end of the day, it's really difficult to wrap our heads around what it is. Because God, right? But one God eternally existing in three persons. Jesus Christ as the Son is God, is fully God. He became fully man. There's another math conundrum, I know. He is 100% God and 100% man. Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> but he's God. And so when we talk about prayer, which is nothing more than a fancy word for having a conversation with God, that this is talking about Jesus. It is talking about the Father. It is talking about the Spirit. And so for all of these passages we look at, even if the name of Jesus isn't explicitly mentioned per se, I want to remind us all, he's God. Hallelujah. Are we all there? Okay. Ephesians chapter 6. This brilliant passage all about the the armor of God. Verse 12, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And then verse 18, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. This is a theme we see repeated frequently throughout the New Testament. Pray all the time. Keep on praying, never stop praying, pray constantly, etc., etc., etc. Next book is Philippians. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says this Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, <clears throat> 
with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That one is a little bit more focused on making your request to God, partly as a means of divesting yourself of any anxiety or worry that you might have, but turning those things over to God. Book after Philippians is Colossians. Colossians chapter 4. Verse 2 says this, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Then he goes on with some specific prayer requests. But continue, be steadfast in prayer. Skip, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, next book is 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I love this one because it's just so simple, to the point, no confusion about it. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17 says this, pray without ceasing. <laughs> Do we see this over and over and over in the New Testament? That's not an exhaustive list, but I don't think it'll be a surprise to you, uh, many of you who have spent any amount of time reading the Bible, certainly reading the New Testament, that we see this pattern of prayer that it is to be constant and ongoing, that there's to be this conversation that is happening all the time. And when we talk about what it means to abide in Christ, I mean, just like I didn't have a close relationship with the vast majority of people at my 30-year high school reunion, because I hadn't really spent any time talking with them. Yeah. How can we expect to have a, a, a closeness to, to have a sense of really, truly abiding in Christ if we never talk with him? If we never thank him? If we never worship him? If we never just cry out to him? when we're having a rotten day, if we never turn our anxieties over to him and, and make our requests known to him, when we never break down and confess to him where we have failed, where we've broken down, where we have neglected to instead rest in his righteousness and instead gone off on other ways, on other paths. And told him how deeply we'll want to come back. How can we expect a, a, a closeness when we're not having an ongoing conversation? And yet, if you will with me, I want to circle back to the Psalms. Psalm 145 that Amber just read. Such a wonderful psalm song of praise of David. The Bible says that among other things, King David was a really skilled songwriter. And boy, I read a psalm like this and I think, yeah, this is good stuff. But verse 18 in the middle of this, talking about praise to God, praising him for his works, 
commending one generation to another, talking about our God and his greatness and his, his works and, and the reasons why we worship him. Verse 18 says this, and I don't want us to miss this. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. The Lord is near to all who call on him. I think the way prayer in our lives becomes transformative, and we've used that word a lot in this series as we've talked together. But I think that prayer, the the way that prayer truly becomes something transformative is when we can stop thinking about it as this thing that we really have to do. This thing that we, we sort of know that we're supposed to do more. When, it, when it's sort of this task, you know. When we can get rid of that and think of prayer being a means by which God is near. That God is close. You know, in celebrating communion together today, again, I just, I, I know I've said it so many times, but I love that picture of Jesus with his disciples, just being close with them, being near with them. And unlike my 30th reunion, there is no awkwardness with our God. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, if I had walked up to somebody, you know, I mean, I did. I had a number of conversations. But if I just walked up and said, man, I know it's been 30 years, but let's just, let's be best friends right now. Let's just go deep. Let's get into it. I can't wait. Congratulations on being my new best friend. Welcome, you know. That would have been weird, right? I mean, as it was, it was sort of, you know, there's even this sense of guilt in walking up to people and saying, yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't say it, but boy, I haven't really said anything to you for 30 years, but sure, it's nice to see you now. Awkward, right? And I think, unfortunately, we bring to our relationship with God, a a similar fear, a similar hesitation. Maybe it's been a while since you've had really great conversations with God. Maybe it's been some time since you've had really great conversations with Jesus, your Lord. And the longer time that goes on, the more you may be inclined to think, how embarrassing. I mean, I'm going to go to him now and say, sorry, I haven't talked to you for a while. And it's going to be awkward, and so maybe tomorrow or maybe next week. You know, I know I should, which is why I love this very simple, sweet promise from God's word in Psalm 145 that just says simply, God is near to everyone 
who calls on him. There will never be a day when you call on your God, when he says, oh, look at who it is. Look who decided to call. (laughs) Never. It never happens. There's never a wall, a barrier, something that is preventing you. There's never a sense of guilt. There is only a God who says, will you call on me? I'm going to be near to you. I'm going to be near to you. You want to have a transformative prayer life by which you have a clear sense of abiding in Jesus? Talk with him. Talk with him. There's a reason Scripture encourages us to do this all the time, and it's not just because it's a bunch of rules. It's not just because this is how you become a a leveled-up Christian. It's because in doing that, you are transformed. You are brought near to your God. You have communion with, you know, we, we call this this observance communion, but in a larger sense, you understand the, the meaning of that word to commune with someone, to have a close relationship with them, to have communion with them. God promises that each and every time you call on Him, that He comes near. You want to abide in Jesus, you want to have a clearer sense of His presence of his peace, of his care, his safety, his deep and abiding love, the more you speak with him, the more you will have that sense, my God has promised it to you. I try as best I can not to make promises I can't keep, but this one's not on me, has nothing to do with me. He promised it. Yes? And so, I invite you to have a transformative prayer life with God, with Jesus, with your Savior, with your Lord, your Master, also your brother, your friend that one who has become your sibling by virtue of the fact that God made you a co-heir with him. There's a fellowship and a closeness and a peace that comes whenever you and I call on our God. Let that transform you this day. I don't know where your prayer life is. I mean, I think it's another one of these spiritual disciplines. I'm not sure we ever get to a point where we're like, okay, finally I pray enough. (laughs) Or, you know, maybe this week. I I got all my prayer in this week. That's sort of not the point. The point is to be having this ongoing, constant communion with, this conversation with your God who has promised to draw near whenever you call on him. And so wherever you are, If it's been a while, get rid of that guilt. That's the enemy whispering in your ear again. Get rid of that guilt that says, 
oh boy, it's just going to be so awkward. No, it isn't. Scripture promises the opposite. You call on your God. For those of you for whom your prayer life has, has become pretty robust and, and just ingrained in your life, hallelujah, that's so wonderful. Keep it up. Testify to the people around you about that, that deep communion that you have simply by calling on, by having that constant conversation that goes on. Stop thinking about prayer for all of us like this task that we really have to do, we're supposed to do, we need to do, or something that we do when we really need something, but instead having a conversation with a dear friend who loves you. Pray. Pray, pray. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Our Father God, we love you so much. We thank you for our time together. We've had so many things in this service. It's so exciting to hear about what you're doing in our world. But God, we thank you that we have this privilege of prayer. God, what an incredible thing as we remember simply that Jesus Christ is God. And yet here we are called. Not just to talk sometimes, but all the time. To have this ongoing conversation with you. Anytime. Any place. At our convenience. And thank you for the closeness that comes from that. And Father, if there are any here that haven't yet put their own trust in Jesus Christ, as we said earlier, you have not called us to try to be enough. What you've told us is that Christ was enough. Just put on his enoughness. If there's anyone with us this morning that hasn't yet done that, Draw them, help them to understand that the way is clear. There's nothing that needs to be done. First, there are no prerequisites. All they need to do is trust in the provision of Jesus Christ in everything that he is, in everything that he has done and is doing and will do, and rely solely on him for life and for salvation, and that they'll be immediately saved and members of the body. If that's you this morning, friend, Answer Jesus Christ. He's been calling. Answer Jesus Christ. I pray all this in his precious name. Amen.